Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. The Minnesota Vikings have been around since 1961. And I just want them to win a damn Super Bowl before I die. Welcome to Before I Die with Judd and Jesse on Purple Daily and Score North. What's going on, everybody? I'm Jesse Pierce, NHL.com, Bar Down Beauties, Judd's Hockey Show, basically all over the map. You will find me there. And of course, before I die here with Purple Daily Score North, he's Score North's and Purple Daily's very own sports dad, the positive, always ever exciting that happened, Judd Zolgad. Judd, what's up, man? This is such a thrill. <laughs> this is such a thrill to be joining a show that is so well established as as articulating better than any other show title does what Score North is all about. It's yes. thrill. Roscoe, Jesse, love it. Thank you very much for having me this year. And of course, and we cannot forget our fine producer, Ross Brendel. He enjoys the Vikings pain. Why, Ross? That lets me know I'm still alive, Judd and Jesse. It's great to be here. Also great to get a little insincere Judd on before I die. Just his flattery not insincere. of us. I'm thrilled to be here. I'm, you know what, Roscoe? I am only surprised that your name is not in the title of the show because you are a staple, a main <laughs> part. This is not insincere. This is as sincere a sports dad can possibly get. You know what? This is the Judd and Jesse show. I am just blessed to play a part of it. And with that, Jesse, I throw the softball to you. I caught it. I can catch that one. Uh, I think if you if your name started with a J, Ross, that would be yeah. better too. Just for the alliteration, that's really the reason we didn't want you as part of the title. That was actually <laughs> one of the biggest problems that we had when we were sitting down and talking about season two of the show. And they asked if I would change my name, and Josh just doesn't sound great because then people <laughs> automatically think I'm Josh. Yeah, that's fair. So. Glad we got that out of the way again. This is Before I Die on Purple Daily Score North Season 2. Ladies and gentlemen, even better for Season 2, we get preseason football this week, Thursday, Minnesota Vikings in Seattle. Y'all ready for it? What's up with that, huh? Um, I am because, you know, training camp is weird (laughs) because it starts and you're like, I'm set for football, right? And then you get like two weeks of practice. And you're like, oh, my God, if I watch one more practice, I'm going to throw up. But now it's a preseason game. And then I guarantee you, by the end of the preseason games, you're just hankering for a regular season game. So it's like the perfect buildup. And, yes, I am prepared Thursday night, 9 o'clock, brewing my coffee, of course, course. to watch a National Football League. I love that Judd said by the end of the preseason games, you're ready for them to be done with. 
I'll be honest here, Judd. By about the second quarter of the first preseason yeah, game, that's true. Okay. yeah, okay, I've seen enough. We could move on to the regular Touché. season now. I get it. Incredibly important and necessary. I'm not saying that it isn't, but I view preseason. I think we talked about this last year, Jesse. For fans, we have to go through the motions, kind of like the players have to. Where do I sit on the couch? Where's my favorite beer? What do I do before the game? How do I react if they win or lose? Well, you know, maybe the preseason, that doesn't matter as much. But nah. preseason, as important for the fans as it is for the players. And that's yeah. why we're here in August with Before I, I Die. I need to adjust like any Sunday golf schedule I have because now you have to look at new times for Sunday football <clears throat> football kickoff. Excuse me. So I read somewhere that somebody suggested a golf cart should have like uh, the NFL network on their golf cart so you can still watch football. Ooh, while you're yeah. cruising around, get a little red zone out on the carts, huh? Actually, you know, know what? Actually, uh, with with the, the way that Sunday Ticket is now going to be streamed through YouTube TV, you could yeah. easily do that. You you could easily now get that on your phone, go golfing, put a phone or two with the uh, with the Sunday Ticket in your cart and follow yeah. games. That's a good point. Would that get Sports Dad out on the golf course more? No. no, I'm retired. <laughs> I golfed in the nineties. I go, uh, you know what? And I said, I am done. I think my last round was 98. Dang. I Did the Vikings kill your love Je- for golf yeah. in 1998? Jesse was probably like five, but I think my last time go- golfing was circa around 1998. And I'm not joking. I will never again golf. I mean, that makes sense. 98 is painful for Vikings history well, as well, though, you guys. Come on. We all know that that's our most painful Minnesota Vikings memory by far. I was going to say that exact same thing, Jesse. This is how you know we're Vikings fans and we are entrenched in this team and and the purple. He said the last time he golfed was 1998. And my first thought was, oh, Vikings Falcons NFC championship <laughs> game. It's- I'll say this. I think that is. Very clearly, I think that is the, I think that might be the most painful memory in Minnesota sports history. Easily. Because I, because the old timers will tell you the 75 team that lost in the push-off game, Drew Pearson at the Met in the divisional round, like that absolutely killed them. But I th- I really think 98 now has surpassed that. I think it is the most painful Minnesota sports memory especially for people who are adults now and i'm not even sure it's close 2009 hurt but 98 was just such a gut punch because i mean you go 15 and one yeah unfortunately it's 98 i think for me 2009 hurt from the standpoint of all season long judd and jesse i thought that was coming anybody who knows me know i said i I said all year (laughs) long Yes. This is going to end in blow-up fashion. Yep. Something bad is going to happen with Brett Favre because this is the Vikings. And it's Favre. And I think mm-hmm. and it's Favre. Yep. And I think a part of what did that for me, Judd, was going back to your point of 1998. I will always remember vividly. I love my father for so many things like most sons do with their fathers. Many of it has nothing to do with sports. But 12, 13-year-old Ross remembers vividly when that game ends and Papa Jeff walks up and just says, well, now you know what it's like to be a Vikings fan. (laughs) Those words will not leave me until before I die and this team wins a Super Bowl championship. Maybe this year, I believe it'll happen. Maybe it's this year. Maybe it's 20 years down the road. I don't know. 
But Judd, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. And then recency, 2017, eh, when you lose 38 to 7, who can really feel bad count. about that? Doesn't yeah. Count. 41 donut, who feels bad about that? You were never in the game. You can't say, oh, a play here, a play there. You just, just don't know. No. Oh, and Judd, we, we lost Judd. We'll have to He's go bring so disappointed we'll in this bring, conversation. We'll have to go bring oh, Judd. Oh, man, my computer bowed out again. again. I'm sure you can still hear me. He got so upset. <laughs> Hold on, I'm going to get back the, in the room. The disappointment of the 1998 Minnesota Vikings. I started crying. You guys can't see me crying. I'm going to have to shut this thing down and get through it. Oh, uh, no. Yeah, this is, this is, again, we mentioned Jesse preseason. This is preseason for us. No, this is this computer. This has nothing (laughs) to do with preseason. This routinely happens to you during uh, Purple Daily and Mackie and Judd as well. Do we need... Do we need to march you down to uh, IT and just drop the don't you know who I am on people? I've tried that already, okay. <laughs> this would never happen to Mackie. I'm just If saying, you need me never. to run over there, Judd, just give me one of these nope, and I'll run nope, over nope, there. Nope, okay? nope, I'm coming back in. I'll be back. You just have to exercise patience because, of course, when, when you want machines to hurry, machines go slow. I just don't know if I have patience for this. Uh, and the painful memories, I actually put, uh, Jesse, as you would know, and Judd, I put down, well, maybe we should talk with the before I die faithful about our most painful memories. Mm-hmm. But then after I hit send on the email and then Judd brought it up and you mentioned it so well, Jesse, yeah. it just kind of has to be 1998, it's, doesn't it? At it least does. for this core. Like, and I was younger in 98. I wasn't that young. I was probably about 12 or 13. I was with my father watching the game late to a basketball game because he was angry that there were ever basketball tournaments on Sundays during football season anyway right as, a, as any reasonable father would be Good but he was him. sitting at the bar and this was a man that was just he's so loyal to his vikings right just kept wearing the jersey kept believing kept up hope and he took that jersey off and put it on the floor of the bar and stomped on it and a tear rolled down his face that day Ugh. um yeah and i was like can we go to my basketball game now he's like yeah we should probably go so so that if if that's the most painful <laughs> Poor dad. <laughs> I know. He's just just heartbroken. I was like, I got tip off was like 10 minutes. I gotta ago. go basketball. I, really I gotta go. go. Like <laughs> if if that's the most painful, can we can we try and think what might be the second most painful? I don't know. I don't know for me off the top of my head if I can come up with the second most painful. Maybe. Maybe it is the 09 championship game, or maybe in maybe in retrospect, how about this one? Even though it didn't quite work out for Andrew Luck, maybe it's not getting RG3 or Andrew Luck and just winding up with a left tackle who we all thought was going to be a Hall of Famer. Right. And now is not. And I get it. RG3 and Andrew Luck not really going to be Hall of Famers in the long run, but at least the excitement of having a potential franchise quarterback. I think would have been nice. Maybe revisionist. Maybe that's it. And for for point of reference, guys, I'll be 37 in a few months. So my Vikings history basically starts at uh, Judd. Was it 90? Well, 95, 96. But the the heightness of being excited was Ross being just thrilled and tickled that Eddie Murray kicked a game-winning field goal to beat the Giants in 1997. Oh, that's the comeback win. Yep. And then the Vikings turned around the next week and I think got stomped by the 49ers in San Francisco, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Do you guys have other painful moments besides 98? Literally every day being a Vikings fan or a Minnesota sports fan, if I'm being honest. I was going to say that. Yeah. yeah. Like, they make you believe. All of a sudden, you're like, this team is different. Last year's team, 
felt different. 2017 felt different. Wasn't. Figured out a way to not make that happen. But you could say the same thing about the Twins. You could say the same thing about the Timberwolves, about the Wild. Uh, you can't say it about the Lynx. That's about the only team that we can maybe hop behind. Everybody else just big old. So I'd say if you were to try and put them in a list, I, I think, as we just discussed, 98 wins. I think 2009 a second, because it's still painful. The difference was that, that Ross, I think a lot of people weren't shocked that Favre screwed up because Favre, you know, two years before that for the Packers had thrown a pick in the same exact game, um, and, and that led to the Giants going to the Super Bowl. So I think 09, I don't know that we considered 09 to be our team as much as we did Moss and that team in right. 98, but I think 09 is second. The 75 divisional loss to Dallas is still huge because that's a team in, in all of that, in a decade in which the Vikings went to four Super Bowls and lost all four. There are a lot of people who are close to that team who said that was the best team. And they felt like th they got screwed. So that's three. And then four is probably the Darren Nelson off his fingertips pass in the 87 conference championship game. So, like, if we're going by games. Do you, Judd? have a most painful Super Bowl of the four losses. I've watched all the games, but obviously not in real time. I've watched all the highlight packages and all the games beginning to end, just being able to find them via alternative methods. I don't know which one's the most painful for me, but that's tough for me because I didn't see them in, in real time. I, again, I was born I was born a decade after they played in their last Super Bowl. <laughs> So do you feel is, old, Judd, yet? Yeah, do you feel really? old yet, Yes, Judd, I do. I do. That's good. We just want to make sure. <laughs> I do, but I can say this. I can't answer your question because I was seven-ish when they lost the last Super Bowl okay. to Oakland, and I only half-heartedly watched a part of that game and didn't really become a sports fan until the next year. So I have no reference to the loss to the Steelers, to the loss to, to the Dolphins. I'm guessing that fans who were around probably probably say the Chiefs lost because the Vikings were favored, I think, by double digits going into that game. But no, fortunately, the one thing that I, I have going for me is I I was too young to actually recall the Super Bowls. So I'm basically a product of conference championship game um, losses and angst, but not Super Bowl angst. Yeah. What was it like when they made the first football? Were you around for that? Or like, what that it was, um, well, you know, what's funny is is it wasn't done right to specs, and so there were lots of problems with it. It, it wasn't even, you know, a football as we mm -hmm. think it was, Jesse. I think right. it actually looked more like a basketball. I've heard lore of this, yes. Yeah. The pig yeah. was pissed off. The pig's like, I got to die for this crap. I mean, there were a lot of there were a lot of problems. That's oh. all I recall, though. Well, you know, you guys, since we're talking obviously <clears throat> about some of the most painful memories, I want to get into the coaching aspect of that. Ross, you had a good idea of talking about where does Kevin O'Connell rank as a Vikings football coach? Now, I'm very adamant that it's one year, but percentage wise, he is the winningest coach in Vikings history as of right now. Now we all know that that's not fair. Who's it not fair to? It's not fair to Bud Grant, who obviously took the Vikings to those four Super Bowl appearances, 11 division titles, one league championship, three National Football Conference championships. But where does Kevin O'Connell rank? I mean, a hell of a rookie year as a coach for him, obviously doing some really big things. But I think there's so many intangibles that go into assessing what makes a quote-unquote winning coach, right? I think off yes. the bat, 
KOC needs to get him to a Super Bowl. Then we're up in that list. But right yep. now it's just it's tough. What do you guys think? What what goes into your criteria for a best of all time franchise coach? Well, a lot of things, and I need a second and third and fourth year. Like he won 13 games and he seems like a real good guy. And I think that he was the right coach at the right team uh, or, or at the right time for this team. All of that being said, we've gotten excited about a lot of people of, after a year, Rocco Baldelli, and then they get more time and you're like, oh, there's some flaws here. So in fairness, because my list is obviously Bud Grant one. In my opinion, Denny Green is probably two. Denny Green is probably too. Denny Green was, for potential character flaws, he was, he was personnel-wise, really good. And, I mean, when you take a team to the playoffs that much, and, I mean, he came here and, and did exactly what O'Connell did. Now, he didn't win as many games back in 1992. Um, I think Kevin O'Connell has a ton of promise, but I need to see so much more, including a season where everything goes wrong. Because, mm-hmm. Jesse, as you know, you know, from covering lots of sports, including the wild, I think the real test, the character test of a coach is a year in which things out of his control go wrong. Because if you can handle that, it says a lot. And I think O'Connell can, but I need to see it first. And I think outside of showing up and winning a Super Bowl in your tenure, I think sometimes you need a little bit of time or breathing room to evaluate how good was a coach if you didn't get the ultimate payoff. And I'll make a comparison here. Look across the river, just one state away, with Matt LaFleur. Four years in, I'm not sure I can really tell you how good of a coach he is. The first three years, he wins 13 games each season Mm -hmm. when he has Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback. Last year, the Packers go 8-9, and and I don't believe that Aaron Rodgers quit on the Green Bay Packers, but I think there may have been a little bit of checkout factor, some dysfunction happening Four years in, I'm not sure we know how good of a quarterback Matt LaFleur is, and he's won 13 games and been to NFC Championship games. So I think it's not so easy to answer this in the moment, but it'll be really fun to answer this down the road, especially if you do get some deep playoff runs. And to Jesse's point and all of our points, the name of the show, if they win that Super Bowl, well, then I think we know where he'll stand. And then it becomes, okay, so he went to one Super Bowl and won it. Is he better than Bud Grant? Is Bud Grant still better because he went to more? That's where the debate will get really fun. But I'd love to be able to have that debate. That would well, be that would be awesome. And Ross, you touched on it there. It's the players. You have Justin Jefferson. You've got KJ. Jordan Addison looks to be a really solid player too. And and you've got your quarterback. If you can figure out your defensive component, maybe a little bit, which obviously we all get to in a little bit. But that's the other thing. I mean, Denny Green, the team he had. They should have been successful. They should have done what they did. The purple people eaters with Bud should have done what what they did. I mean, you look, go back to Childress, right? Ross and I were discussing beforehand, Brett Favre. If Brett Favre had won him a Super Bowl, Childress probably would have stuck around a smidge longer than he did, right? So exactly, it's just kind of an interesting conversation. I agree with you, Judd. I think there's a lot of promise. He ain't hard on the eyes either, so I kind of dig that. But uh, oh, a good-looking guy. <laughs> he's a good-looking guy. That. There's no By question about the cutest charisma. The Wild have had, or the he, me, Vikings have had. He's got the charisma going for him. So I, I think the answer though to the question in in the short term, the answer is going to come through this, and it's really going going to define Quasi Dofamensa and O'Connell. 
-hmm. who is their next quarterback? And can they find one and develop one? Because that is the flaw. The the flaw in the ointment of this team has been that, right? Like Culpepper looked like he, he was going to be a franchise guy, 2004, off the charts good, and then it falls apart. But beyond that, you know, you had to bring in the story of the Vikings is this. You had to bring in Brett Favre, who you hated, who you despised, who you basically had no time for to get you to the best season in the last what amount of, of years. I mean, 2017 was fun, but and Ross is exactly right about this. When you get drilled that bad in the conference championship game, you know, I'm sorry, that's not a heartbreak. That is an ass whooping. Um, so really my question is this, can O'Connell, cause he's going to play a huge role. Can they identify and bring in and develop a quarterback who we consider to be the first franchise quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings in forever? If he does that, he's a hero. Well, and Judd, how long will they wait to make that move? Because they can continue to, if they want to, for what seems like job security, keep kicking the can down the road, just make the playoffs every year. Because I think we've learned enough about the Wilfs. Judd and Jesse to know I think the Wolves want that ultimate payoff they do want to win a Super Bowl but I do think at the end of the day if they can make the playoffs and maybe get a home game and feel like they got their their ticket to the dance that buys coaches time here and it buys a lot of coaches in other franchises time so is that a move that you talked about Judd getting that quarterback is that a move they're going to make after this season or throughout the year, could there be a Kirk Cousins extension at some That's point to, to, kick, question. to kick that can further down the That's road? That's my point. I yeah. have no idea. No. no. We just don't, don't know. No from Jesse. No. Hard, no. Hard no. Hard no. Hard no. Won't even, Why? Won't even. I just don't want it. I just well, don't like, want Do you I not like him? Do you, yeah, I don't do really like him. He, is it Kirk fatigue? It's it's a little bit of Kirk fatigue. Uh, now, have you watched the Netflix oh, I watched documentary. It. Oh, I watched it. Okay, what? I want your... Patrick Mahomes. If we could just get him. Oh well, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> I want Brittany. Well, you and She's everybody. Great. She'll kick your ass for. An... I mean, Brittany's got a foul mouth that I yeah. am. I sign up for that. I uh-huh. love that. Well, we know how wives and players have worked out well, though, in Minnesota sports oh, history here. So maybe oh, good. we don't. Good point. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. So when when you watch that though, what, what was your because obviously a lot of the public opinion has been positive. What was your takeaway on Kirk Jesse? He, I mean, uh, as a person, he's great, right? But it just still seems like he lacks that aggressiveness that I need out of a quarterback. He still gets nervous. I give him all the credit in the world for playing through the injuries that he obviously played through. But you're an athlete; you should. That's kind of how it works. So did Patrick Mahomes. He hurt his ankle. He goes back out there and plays like. I don't want to give you the gold star for that necessarily. I just think that there's a lack of kind of that leadership or just that general like bulldog pit bull type of situation where you get that from Justin Jefferson a little bit much more, you know, like I need that out of my quarterback. That's what I want. I want a little salty. I don't need the nice guy who goes home and reads to his kids. Like I love that, but I need a little (laughs) bit, a little bit more from 
my uh, my QB back there. You know what annoyed me the most about the entire documentary? And I, I did like it. I think That's I love good. stuff like that. I think we got a lot of cool things out of that. Yep. But of course, the perception of Kirk Cousins is going to go up. It's an NFL product. Do you think they wanted to make him and their league look bad? No, they even made an average career quarterback like Marcus Mariota till he quit. They made him look good. He was a bore ass. He just right? disappears out of nowhere. And you're like, oh, but yeah, it's because he got What a bore ass he was. It's like, oh, well, Kirk seems so great. Well, yeah, they're not going to show you stuff where maybe he didn't look so great. I'm so, just trying to be honest here. That's how show business works, people. What I thought was this, though. So there, there was nothing about Kirk that surprised me. I didn't realize that that he was hurt that, that bad. But I'm saying, like, personality-wise. Like, the fact that he's good to his wife and kids. Like, none of that was like, oh, my God, I thought he was a bad guy. Right. I think the one thing that we got a, a little peek behind the curtain at, though, that sort of confirmed things, and I thought the guy that in some ways very quietly looked great in that, Kevin O'Connell. Because you could see how much he empowered Kirk. Like, can you imagine, like, Jess, I'm just going to throw a hypothetical out there. Can you imagine if you had a young, wild coach like that who perhaps empowered the players a little bit more and didn't always play as checking guys because those are my guys? I I thought the empowerment of Kirk coming from Zimmer was so interesting to watch because, like, you could see how he thrived off that. And I'm not even faulting Kirk, but I'm saying I think there's guys like Jefferson who are just wired right. And a guy like Justin, he can have the best coach, worst coach. It's not going to change him. Like, right. he's not changing. Kirk, you could see with with O'Connell. And when O'Connell got mad, like that play against the Bills when Kirk called his own play and got stopped, and it looked like that they were going to lose the game, O'Connell says, you've got to let me help you. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't get all mad. He doesn't start swearing. Um, and so I thought what I really enjoyed about that was you could see him – if this is the right term, like milking the most he could from Kirk. And I'm with you, Jesse. I don't think he ever wins a Super Bowl. Um, but I do think in the right circumstances, he's definitely a guy, if his confidence is right, who can have success. But yeah, if he was the long-term guy, both of you, he would have an extension right now. So yeah. they're definitely sniffing around. They definitely have an opinion. They definitely have probably very quietly a plan and that to me is going to define them whatever that plan is whenever the trigger is pulled that is going to define the current people that run the vikings the plan is pronged though right there's an a there's a b and there's a c the a is we're done after this year the b is probably maybe we need to extend for a year or two and the c is probably i don't know commit to him for the rest of his career which i don't think anybody believes is probably the right way to do it. I mean, especially look at what happened. Yeah, <laughs> especially Jesse. Oh. Yeah, yeah Jesse's like, I'm leaving this show. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> Guys, we could talk about Kirk all episode long. We could probably, we probably will throughout the season because we know what we're going to get from Kirk. We kind of have an idea of how that's all going to play out because I don't know that he's going to be, you know, a different quarterback heading into this year. But the other thing that we need to talk about is defense. We all obviously saw the struggles and that's me being kind that the Vikings had defensively last year as they were making their way toward championship Brian Flores since we were talking about KOC and the coaching obviously new defensive coordinator coming in how important is he going to be to getting the defense tight and then how important 
is Andrew Booth Jr. going to be? Where do we see that all fitting in? He obviously wasn't practicing. Judd, do you have an update on what that looks like for him? I know I saw the depth chart was released today, and he's listed as a backup for Thursday, which, again, not concerning. But any update there on Booth? And uh, what do we think about Flores and, and the defenses here? So the, the Vikings had a full pad of practice on Saturday. Uh, Booth talked to reporters before that practice and said, I should be back on the field on Sunday. Because of the impending storms that basically didn't occur, the Vikings had an indoor practice on Sunday and closed it. So we we don't know if if Booth was back, but Booth's pretty buried as far as I'm, I'm concerned right now. So in, in the nickel package to start training camp, it was it was Byron Murphy Jr. inside, a Caleb Evans, who was actually a fourth-round pick in the same draft that Booth was a second-round pick outside, and Joan Williams, who they signed from the Patriots, outside. Since then, in the last week or so, Williams has been replaced by third round pick from this past year, Makai Blackman. And he is definitely so so he is he is ascending and I I think he's going to see a ton of time. I think Booth needs to prove that he can stay on the field, but to answer the first part of your question, Brian Flores is going to be huge here because part of defense is coaching. Part of defense and the Vikings had, I mean, Kevin O'Connell did a lot of things right last season, but he got sold a bill of goods. Ed Donatel said, I'm going to run the Fangio system. You you love that system. And he proceeded to run the most vanilla cover shell. It, it looked like an old school Tampa 2. And I'm not saying the players were great, and the players do take blame. But if you watch practice now, Flores has these guys. He has more sub packages. He's doing more blitzing. And look, it's going to take a couple of, it's going to take guys to step up and play well. But I think that this defense can be, let's say, between 15th and 20th now. And it, it's incumbent upon the offense. Like, that's the most important thing. So I actually think if this defense can get to like 18th or so, especially in scoring, they're going to be absolutely fine. And if the offense can be more consistent, I'm not predicting 13 wins again, but I think there's some folks who, who are like, well, the team's going to take a big step back. I actually think as far as personnel goes and as far as the team goes, I think they're going to take a step forward um, without necessarily having to win 13 games. And I think Brian Flores has been given carte blanche to nuke what we saw in 2022 and really turn a page in 2023. At the end of the season, I think you can go 10 and 7, 11 and 6 and still feel pretty good about the season, maybe even better than 13 and 4 because I think even on this show, especially Jesse and I last season, I think we viewed that 13 and 4 as a little hollow. Well, I think this year you can maybe play better defense, maybe have some of that regression, maybe not as form or maybe not in the form of stats, but just in the form of not winning every one score game. Yep. And you can still feel pretty positive about the team as the season concludes, or at least the regular season heading into what we hope is a playoff berth. But I think if the defense is adequate, Judd, just adequate right. middle of the pack, even, I don't know, low twenties, like you said, 18, somewhere between 18 and 22. Yep. I think when we all sit and watch the games, we'd be amazed at how much of a difference that makes. Absolutely. Yeah, without question. I mean, again, that's it. I want a complete game. I want a complete team. That's the dream, right? We want no holes anywhere, but I do. I don't want to wait until the third quarter and say, oh yeah, we're going to go play a football game. And Hey, look at us. We won. It's like, yeah, but did you deserve that win? I mean, sure. You, you mounted this comeback, but 
let's just, I don't need it exciting every week. You know, Sunday, I like to take a day of rest sometimes too. And I like to have a normal heart uh, beat and, and blood pressure by the so, end of the weekend. So a couple things, not great to start games down 33 to nothing. And Jesse also likes to honor the Sabbath is what you're getting at. Yes, exactly. Well, that's when <laughs> I'm not it. out golfing too, because that also raises my blood pressure. We'll get into all that, I'm sure, throughout the course of the season. The key but, there, though, know. Jesse, is is this the offense? The offense needs to score in the second and third quarters. Like that's yep. the thing. Th- this team, this team is built around the defense. Can't be embarrassing, but the offense has to carry them. Like like that's how the team is built. And so the real the reality of the problem of what I think seemed hollow as well last season was if you recall like the opening drive great and after that it would sort of go downhill down and then the fourth quarter bam they would be awesome that's what's not sustainable and, and it's especially not sustainable for a head coach whose forte is offense so yeah this is this is not just on the defense because to your point again you're allowed to win games breaking news by 14 points <laughs> shocking i know you're I allowed no to idea. win games by more than like a touchdown or a field goal. Um, and is that new in 2023? Well, that'll be nice no, to see. I, it's, it's now allowed, I think, is what it's great. You're saying that uh, they finally have, have cleared that up a couple that's times. What, that's what drives fans nuts, though. Like, that's why it got so frustrating at times, because it was fun to come back and win. But do you really have to? Do you really have to come back and win? Or, you know, barely beat Detroit here? So I think that there's a lot of areas where they can definitely pass an eye test, even if they don't get to 13 wins, where you're like, okay, this looks like a more sustainable uh, formula. Because that was the problem. We Mm -hmm. all talked about that. That was not, it's not a sustainable uh, formula to have Kirk Cousins lead eight fourth quarter comebacks. That lightning ain't going to strike two years in a row. No, Uh -uh. it can't. Well, before I die, I'd like to see more touchdowns, but that's not my official before I die, ladies and gentlemen. As we do on this show, we will end every episode each and every week with our own before I dies, which can be sports related, which can be fun, which could be whatever we want because it's our show. And that's what we get to do here on Purple Daily and Score North. We love to see it. Who wants to kick us off? Judd, you want to uh, start with here before you die? Can can we make it official? Should we hit the official open for season two? The Minnesota Vikings have been around since 1961. And I just want them to win. You know, that's what we call preseason. That was the open again. Let's play the actual. <laughs> let's play the actual let's Before go. I Die's open. Time now for the Before I Die crew to give us their <clears throat> Before I Die's. Just working the kinks out. Don't worry, guys. Declan's going to be here with us next week. So if that uh, for a couple of weeks, day. actually. <laughs> Where are you going? Uh, I a uh, uh, big, uh, big uh, day with our friends down the hall next Monday, and then the following Monday, I'm out of town. So, so. you declare this to be the exhibition season for our podcast. So Jesse yeah. and I, we're getting our reps in right now, Just... and you're going to come in for one week and get reps, and then hold out. Remember when Favre showed up and he didn't play in the first game, then took like three handoffs in the second game? I think that's how it went. That's exactly what I'm doing. I'll make mine short and sweet. Uh, Two-thirds of this show, Judd, lives somewhere in the North Metro. I don't want to give exact locations out. But the third member who doesn't live in that North Metro will come visit the other two and will go to a local ice cream establishment and a brewery. Mm -hmm. Before I die, that will happen. Hmm. Can do the math yes? on that one. We just do a yes. Say it. I'm not sure about this. Uh, Before we popcorn. Die, though, anyway. Yeah. Popcorn. Judd Zolgan. 
Um, I will think about it, Roscoe. How okay. about that? Before I die, Judd, what do you got? Anything. All right. Before I die. And you know, I'm 53. Always like to remind people of that. As I've always told Declan, I think it freaked him out. But you know, you get to 20, you're like, I got 30, right? No problem. You get to 30, you're like, 40? Yeah, yeah. You get to 40, you're like, I'm pretty sure 50 is obtainable. You get to 50, ain't no guarantee of 60. Ain't no guarantee of 60. Oh, boy. But before, <laughs> but before I die, here's what I want. I want, and I'm going to ask for something small football-wise, okay? I want an extended period of a franchise quarterback on a starts on a rookie contract, and I want one like Favre Rogers run for the Vikings. Now I'd like more. I'd like more championships because they they got what one apiece. But before I die, I would like to see the Vikings if they are to achieve the Super Bowl dream. They need, I believe, a franchise QB. So I would like to see a franchise QB carry me into my later years, knowing who's going to start for the Vikings for the first time since Francis Tarkington. I was going to say, that seems like a big ass, not a small ass. This man needs it. He's already proclaiming he's on his way out. Find your franchise. I'm telling you, when you get to, you you just wait till you get to, when you get to 50, you do not, you do not, it is not wise to be like, I got 60, no problem. Uh, Uh, From here on out, it is a crapshoot for me. (laughs) With with that. Because when you're 60, you can't be like, I got 70, no problem, can you? No. I, you know, why don't you report back to us when you make it to 60? Judd, we know you actually have real coverage to do, so if you need to jet no, and no, Jesse I'll, and I can finish this, no, we can I'll, do that. I'll stick around. I'm having okay. far too much fun. Okay. okay. Exactly. See, that's what we what? like to hear. I don't know what that, was more depressing, that statement or the Vikings, like, regular, like, their seasons. Like, it's that not was depressing. Good. Death's part of life, Jesse. Judd, you need to YouTube Jerry Seinfeld on his 60s. He talks about his 60s being his favorite decade oh, of being alive. I love my 50s. I'm just saying... I'm not arrogant enough to say I've got 60 wrapped up. <laughs> Being 50 is great. You you literally stop caring. Yeah. I feel like I hit that at 30, though. Yeah, really some just, of us. I it's, some it's, cares, but not many. I agree, but it, it it's different. It's yeah. different. Yeah. It gets to be like, oh, my God, I just don't care about this stuff. Now, now the problem <laughs> is stuff starts to hurt. Okay. Yeah. yeah no. that's... So like more knee problems, more stuff mm-hmm. like that. But, yeah. I'm already I don't give a damn now. I'm already rolling out of bed some mornings thinking, was I running a marathon well, in my sleep? What happened? Yeah. And Jesse's golfing now like 32 times a week, so she's yeah. probably she's sore. Well, I pers- I think it's hilarious because I like make fun of all these quote unquote old athletes who are like my age. I'm like, ah, they're too old to be hopping in the net there. He can't do it. Whereas I can't like go for a jog and not hurt. So it's but I shouldn't before, be them. Before you take us home, Jesse, to back up your point, Judd. Do you know when I knew I was older could sympathize more with athletes? We all used to poke fun at Joe Maurer because he couldn't catch the day game after a night game. Right. I remember going to a night Twins game, then the next day going to the day game, and as a fan being just gassed, tired, and lethargic. And I'm like, well, it's no wonder the guy can't it's play after drank the yeah. night of the game. <laughs> well, that I, you know, now, that, that's why. Maybe Joe you didn't have to go did to too. A Twins game to be gassed and lethargic. Maybe Joe did you too. I don't know. <laughs> what do you got for us, Jesse? Take us home. Well, guys, before I die, as we know, I'm a big hockey fan. 
I want to see a crossover with TJ Hawkinson and the Minnesota Wild in some capacity. Given he's not hurt, we're really hoping he's not hurt right now. If we know anything about that, Judd, then let us know. But I just think he epitomizes what a hockey player is. He just happens to play football. Between his last name being Hawkinson, which is almost like hockey, got the long yeah. hair, looks like a beauty. He chugged a beer at the Wild game last year when he showed up. I want to see that crossover. I need to see that crossover. I think it'd be fun. Let's make it happen. Is he okay, by the way, Judd? I'm looking right now to see what O'Connell said. Um, O'Connell said this afternoon that TJ Hawkinson was dealing with an illness mm. and that Andrew Booth yeah. Jr. will be fully participating today, which is Monday in practice. Now we all know, guys. There you go. So Hawk is not a um, Hawk is not a, a contract situation. What? I thought it was a contract situation. Huh? I don't blame you. It's fun to talk about what that. What position, okay. Jesse, and I guess Judd, would TJ Hockey and Sin play? Up the middle. They need center? centers. Yeah. Okay. They, he's not, I can't be any worse than the centers the Wild have right now. So I feel like he's there. got some some ROR to him, Jess. Ooh, I could see that. Ryan O'Reilly. Ryan O'Reilly, a little Ryan O'Reilly, who the Minnesota All Wild the, had for a brief moment in history. If you guys didn't know that, it's true. Best All, center, best center best in center, team history. Retire the jersey number. <laughs> if you're going to put nine in the rafters, you got to put that. You you got to put ROR up, up there. Hawkinson also also would be a fun defenseman. Top pairing, fun. Chris Pronger, because yeah. he'd kick your ass. That's Hawkinson all. with Brent Burns would be hilarious to see. Just all that hair, the facial hair of Burnsy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God, what a beauty. What a beauty. TJ, if you're listening, let's make that happen. I think that'd be great. We know you're listening because we know you all love to listen to Before I Die and all Purple Daily content here on Score North. Again, we will be back each and every Monday giving you some fun content, breaking it up, being a little bit different than what you're normally going to get while also being similar. You can obviously catch Judd on all the other Purple Daily content throughout Score North as well as check out all of our other shows. We love it. We love to hear from you guys. More importantly, our Before I Die Faithful. Don't forget to drop a comment if you're watching this on YouTube. Let us know. We're going to be reading some of those comments, um, the nice ones, probably not the mean ones, maybe the mean ones just to see what they say because it's kind of fun to do that too because as Judd said, we don't care. We're all old. It's fine. We like to have fun. Hopefully you guys have fun. So on behalf of the Before I Die, Judd and Ross, I'm Jesse Pierce signing off. Join us next week. Skull. Hannah Pen.